0: And welcome, we are so glad that you are here. Uh, It's wonderful to have a cozy, warm, more intimate worship this morning. We're not in here permanently. We'll be back in the sanctuary next week. And today we're gonna look at a verse that deals with newness, but we're not only gonna focus on one verse, but but a few of the surrounding verses. So if you have your Bibles, uh, please open to 2 Corinthians 5. And I will read to you, initially, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, for uh, the new realities that it speaks about uh, to us Uh, the new creation that it ushers us into. We thank you for the new life that we have in Christ, and we pray that we would live in light of that, that we would discard what is old and unhelpful, that doesn't honor you, that hurts us and others, and that we would embrace what is new and beautiful and good, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Though I'm tempted to pull you with hands, I'll just say that some of you I know, are uh, kind of indifferent about New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. You know, what's the big deal about another revolution around the sun and a giant disco ball descending in New York? Yay, right? (laughs) I know some of you think that way, but conversely, and I've come to realize this recently, some of you absolutely love this holiday, It's a time to put away the Christmas decorations, to to get the house in order, uh, to clean everything up from Christmas, to make more uh, consistent goals about fitness and nutrition and prayer and Bible reading. But alas, the goals quite quickly can lose steam, or rather we lose steam in keeping them. The satirical site, the Babylon Bee, a few years ago had a a title uh, to an article that said, local man's Bible excited to be read for the whole first week of January again. (laughs) And I think that describes more than a few of us. But whatever your opinions of New Year's resolutions are, New Year's Day today is a fantastic time and opportunity to embrace the newness that's vastly further reaching than the change in our calendars. You see, the Bible holds out hope of a new age, a a new era. It's sometimes called a new epoch that has been ushered in in the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And as we've been hearing throughout the Christmas season, that vision of a new age will fully flourish at the second advent of Christ, And so it's not yet the end, but the already time of the end is here, friends, and we are in that. And so we're going to look at three basic themes that are covered in this very dense and and rich verse uh, that feeds from and to some of the surrounding verses. And those themes are our union with Christ, the new creation, and then new relationships that flow from that new creation. So first, union with Christ. Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ. Paul loves this brief phrase. Friends, union with Jesus is at the center of our life and our faith and our doctrine. What we teach, what the Bible teaches to us. It could even be called the summary that is union with Christ The summary of our relationship with God. You see, we are connected. We are joined to him and all that he has done for us. He's not far off, as John Calvin said, but he is near to us. And he engrafts us into himself so that we have this most personal connection, this most vital connection ever imaginable. And so this means that we participate in in this new age that we are in this new era we participate in we share in the benefits of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus and Jesus himself said this in John 15:5 I am the vine and you are the branches Those who remain in me and I in them will bear much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing Now, I am fond of uh, Christmas tree illustrations. And this year, Liz and I bought probably the best Christmas tree we've ever had. We, We went to Home Depot. They told us twice that a new shipment would come in. It finally did. And I found a tree that was fresh off the truck. It was soaking wet and seeping with sap. And so they cut it and I went and I put it up. We bought a bigger tank. And without exaggeration, for days and days and days, it was drinking about 188 ounces of water, um, which is about a gallon and a half, if not more. Now, my sons and I have this kind of running thing. They inherited it from me. It's like, my tree, eight days in, is still drinking a gallon and a half. How is yours doing? But somewhere, heading into the week of Christmas, as I checked it every day, and then I think, you know, I'd check it twice or three times, and it would just drink it up, and, it would, and I thought, oh, I hope it doesn't seal up. But somewhere, three days or so before Christmas, I put my hand in, and I was ready to put another 44 ounces in that morning, and the water hadn't moved down much. And I thought, okay, it's been thriving, it's been drinking, it's been alive, but at that point, I realized, as I do every year, no, it's been dead all along. <laughs> and it's now simply manifesting its deadness, though more slowly than the other trees that we've had in past years. And now, um, in the coming days, we can't wait to get rid of the dry, prickly needles. Now, I gotta tell you, I get it, as you can tell, a bit melancholy about throwing Christmas trees away, like Charlie Brown. <laughs> so. But I am reminded as we watch this and go through these experiences with Christmas trees that apart from Jesus, friends, we are like already dying and drying Christmas trees. But if you are in Christ, Paul says, there is a new creation. You are a new creation. And again, Paul is affirming what Jesus said. Only grafted into the vine can we survive and thrive and bear spiritual fruit that pleases God. The the theologian Philip Hughes has written about this idea, this, this loaded phrase in Christ this way. He says, the expression in Him sums up the inexhaustible significance of redemption. It's security in Him who has borne in His body the judgment of God against our sin. It's acceptance of him, that is Jesus, with whom alone God is well pleased with us. It's assurance of our future in him who is the resurrection and the life. It's inheritance of glory in him who is the only begotten son of God, as we've sung so beautifully this morning, the sole heir of God. It's participation in the divine nature in Him who is the eternal Word. It is knowing the truth and being free in that truth, in Him who is the truth. Now, apologies if I've just overwhelmed you too much on New Year's morning. There's a lot there, but it's such a beautiful expression of our union with Christ. And so I ask you, it is such a, perfect time of year to consider this again. Are you united with Jesus or are you in some way disconnecting from him or plugging into something or someone else for spiritual vitality and meaning and joy? This invites us to reconnect to our vine through trusting in him anew. See friends as we make announcements as we emphasize all these different ministries in our church and talk about our spiritual disciplines at a personal level, our Bible reading plans, our prayer in the car or in your favorite chair or walking, our community groups, our podcasts, our preaching, our singing, and certainly our sharing and communion in the Lord's Supper. These are all meant, as the great theologian said, looking at the scripture, These are all meant to strengthen our bond, strengthen our union with Christ so that we draw vital sap in life from him. And friends, apart from him, we have no vitality in 2023 or ever. I want to tell you a moving story. I I, I recently met with somebody who's who's at the very end of his life. And in that meeting... uh, I was so privileged to hear one of his loved ones, um, um, his wife actually prompt the discussion and say, well, he's, he's recommitted his life to Christ and she wanted me to know that. And I talked to him about it and he smiled. And, and he's not one to go on and on about these kinds of things, but uh, he looked and he smiled and he said, you know, I never really went away. He Put his big fist together. And he said, but the bond has been reformed, reconnected, and I'm so happy about that. You see, what an opportune time of year and life to recommit ourselves like this brother in Christ, to recommit ourselves, and we do that at the Lord's Supper, to the one who is already and forever committed to us. And so we see here our union with Jesus, but what that means is that there is a new creation. Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now, the Greek actually literally says, if anyone is in Christ, new creation. One writer has said that's so abrupt, and what it's really saying is, if anyone is in Christ, explosion, (laughs) new creation. You see, there's a big perspective here that it starts with. This is saying the Lord will resurrect even our bodies after the pattern of the risen and glorified Lord. And this fulfills what Paul says earlier in 2 Corinthians, in an earlier chapter, we long to be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. I love that. What is mortal will be swallowed up by life. And this has really been pressed upon my soul for the last few weeks. For you, for you who feel that a new year will not make you feel newer, and you're struggling with the years going by and your body betraying you, please know that Christmas has Easter in its train Christmas has Easter in its train. It was such a privilege to share that with my brother as he is facing the end of his life, and it is what we all need to hear no matter our age. I need to know that Christmas has Easter in its train. And Paul in his teaching here is fulfilling and and bringing to fruition what the prophet Isaiah that we looked at all throughout Advent what the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 49:7 or 48, 17 to 19, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old, for I am doing a new thing. I will make a, a way in the wilderness. The rivers will spring forth in the desert. Thank you, God, for giving me the illustration of flooding rain of the last few days. But it's not, it's even more than that, right? You see, Isaiah is talking about what Paul is bringing to a point, that the new heavens and earth will have continuity with what we know, and yet they will be so much richer and fuller and more dynamic. Our bodies and even the cosmos will be renewed, friends, not annihilated and replaced. There is a show on the Home and Garden TV network, called Love It or List It, which I think some of you may know. And Liz and I began to watch a little bit at the start of lockdowns. And it's a competitive show. It has two real estate agents who who meet with a family or a couple, um, and they have two different approaches. The one real estate agent is trying to compel the family or couple to move, to upgrade, and to move into a different house. Maybe in a nearby neighborhood, but to upgrade. While the other real estate agent is trying to convince the family to stay where they are, but to renovate their house. And so as we watched several episodes of this show, and getting some ideas about our house as well, um, they're always asking, will the homeowner stay or go? And it seemed to me, though I haven't read you know, their, the percentages, it often seemed that most folks wanted to stay. And I remember one um, beautiful retired, it turns out, Christian couple and one of their points as they wanted to live near their church, which which was such a beautiful thing. And the one agent took them to a bigger, fancier house, but then the other agent kept showing them the development of their house. Now, it had been old uh, and broken down and had some issues, but they beautifully renovated it, and it was the same house. And so they said at the end, what's it gonna be, love it or list it, and they said, This is our home. (laughs) We're going to love it. We're going to stay. And I want you to know with this illustration that when you are in Christ, friends, you and I don't become someone else. We become who we already are, but our transformed selves. And so keeping this renewed house imagery, God says over you and about you, love it. Not list it. Love it. Not list it. He wants you stunningly renovated. And that's what Paul is talking about here. that, That God will repair and set right what sin has broken down and dislocated and hurt. And he is going to do this outwardly in the future, but he is doing this now inwardly in the present, and so this brings us to our last point, how the new creation flows into new relationships. You see, the new creation transforms the way that we look at everything and everyone, and Paul makes this point in the latter portion of verse 17, verse 17b, he says, for those who are new in Christ, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. It's already here, though not yet fully. You see, the one who is in Christ has, according to the New Testament scholar F.F. Bruce, has already crossed the bridge from the old epoch or era to the new one. And so I want to take you to the verse preceding verse 17. Paul says in verse 16, from now on we view no one according to the flesh or in the old way. You see, in our union with Christ, we have new perspectives toward others. And that starts with Christ himself. And Paul is an example of this. You see, before his conversion, in the book of Acts, before the risen, ascended Christ knocked Paul off his horse and showed Paul himself, Paul had this uh, view that that Christ was a threat. And we see this kind of idea still today. Occasionally, I've spoken with people, perhaps you have as well, who are threatened by Christ and his claims. In fact, I had a conversation quite recently that went this way. Folks might say, hey, don't push your religion on me. You're, You're trying to convert me, it seems and yet ironically you know throughout my life some have tried to convert me to their faith perspective whether that's secularism or or buddhism or do your own thingism or all paths lead to godism except the path of jesus who says he's the only path thus negating all other paths right and Paul didn't see Jesus yet in this way, but God showed Paul, who once saw Jesus as a threat, he showed Paul that he wasn't, is, Jesus was not a failed Messiah. You see, Paul had a view that all Jews would have and do, that the Messiah will be victorious and he will fully usher in the perfect kingdom. I have heard people in the last year say this. That's what we're looking for still, is a Messiah who will make all things new and perfect. And yet, what, what did Paul find? A Messiah that was crucified on a cursed, wretched tree? You see, the cross of Christ, Paul says in 1 Corinthians... One, the cross of Christ is foolishness to some and blasphemous to others. And yet Paul is saying, I no longer see Christ according to that old way, according to the flesh. Paul came to say that even though we once regarded Jesus according to the flesh, in a fallen, sinful, limited way, we now see him as he is. So what does he say in 1 Corinthians 1.25? That in the cross, we see the wisdom and power of God. And he says, for the foolishness of God in the cross is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And so for us who are in Christ, the former times, our perspectives, our habits, or worldviews are in the past. They don't define us any longer. Sure, we still struggle with them, but they don't dominate us, friends. Well, then what does? Well, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 to 15, so the few verses before our verse for today, for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, and therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. You see, Paul is saying that our perspective about Jesus is that the greatness of God stooped to serve us. We see that in the manger, we see that in his service. We see that in the cross. And he stooped to give us his life to grant us the infinite love of the Father. <clears throat> and so, dear, dear brothers and sisters, yes, we still struggle with too much focus, self-focus, too much self-justification, too much self-pity, but no, those things do not have to dominate us in the near because we are new in Christ. So I want us to consider, as we head into 2023, what needs to be tossed out as the former things that are passed away, like a, like a Christmas tree that's dead. You know, in, in all candor for me, one of the things is just distractedness. I read an article, um, actually just last week, that was, this kind of convinced me what I had already been thinking, so I deleted my Twitter app, signed out of the account, and I'm already feeling better. Now, this is not a rule. It's not written in the Bible. I may go back on later. It may not be for you. But here's the point. In doing that, I want to focus more without distraction on the Lord uh, and others, on you. For you, it may be getting rid of an overly critical spirit toward your family or toward your church family. What are the new things that we take on as the new creation? It may be greater and more cheerful generosity. It may be connecting more with somebody in the church. It may be speaking kinder words more often with more thoughtful intentionality. And as Jeff prayed in the pastoral prayer, it may be sharing Christ more boldly And praying for more opportunities to do that inviting people to church sharing the gospel with people sharing your testimony with people you see christ's sacrificial love is this ever renewing catalyst for change for us it is calling us out of self-interest and calling us toward loving one another wherein we say to one another, maybe not out loud, but this becomes our mindset. I, I see you, I hear you, I'm working on that. <laughs> I care about you, I'm reminding myself of the things you've shared with me. I'm praying about you and reminding myself to pray for you. Um, I was so blessed to recently hear, uh, and, and just humbled by this, uh, Somebody shared with me that, that years ago, many years ago, um, basically I, I met with them and spoke truth into their marriage. They were, they were really hurting and uh, in essence confronted their self-centeredness and immaturity. And uh, this woman conveyed that was a turning point. And she actually shared this testimony of God's faithfulness who, with her kids who were standing there. said, you probably wouldn't be here, kids, if it weren't for God working in that way. And as I heard this, what was amazing to me, and I I told her this, is that they listened (laughs) Um, in one meeting. They heard the word of God, they responded, and they embraced their new identity in Christ. And there they were, maybe 15 years later, uh, telling me this. You see, the old ways of self-centered relating are passing away, Paul is saying. And united to Jesus, we serve Him by loving Him and each other. And so this is the main resolution that I want to leave with you this morning. If anyone, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Christ has died you and me so that we might live for the one who died and rose for us and no longer for ourselves and this means that our relating our giving our praying our repenting our caring our speaking and doing the truth and love is what we're about in 2023 so i'm going to pray for us And then we're going to go to the Lord's Supper and confess our sins and have a moment of silence there before we take the Lord's Supper. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this incredible truth that we are in Christ and that he died and rose for us so that we might die to ourselves and live for the one who died and rose and live for each other and live for others. Father, we pray that we would die to our self-centered ways and that we would be more other-focused, that we would listen better, uh, that we would remember what people tell us, that we would pray for each other and remember to pray. We pray that you would make us more generous, more attuned, more courageous about sharing our faith. God, thrill our hearts that that we need not see jesus in the old fleshly ways but we get to see him as he is the risen and reigning lord and that we are engrafted into him god help us not to dry out like cut off christmas trees but in 2023 help us to thrive may people see what is going on in our lives in our church and our relationships and wonder and and be amazed that you are at work in us and it's not for our glory we are nothing apart from you it is for the glory of christ and it's in his name that we pray amen